0: Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, and Jamie Edmonds are up at six with JR Morning. Now it's first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale.
1: So, Renee, this is not a trick question, but how many days into the new year are we?
2: Uh, let's see, five.
1: Five. So that means yesterday we were four days into the new year, and already we have our first mass school shooting. Four days. You first know, day. Go
2: I, ahead. I was thinking the same thing. It took four days, four days for a school shooting to happen.
1: And in Perry, Iowa, it was the very beginning of the first day. Um, and I, I, I'm sure everyone's heard by now. But just to catch you up yesterday, a 17 year old gunman, he walked into Perry High School in Perry, Iowa. That's about 40 miles northwest of De- Des Moines. He had a pump action shotgun. He had a single caliber handgun. He also had an improvised explosive device and he opened fire. He killed a sixth grader. Uh, I guess the high school and the middle school are connected. He injured four students and an administrator before turning the gun on himself. Law enforcement, they were there. Uh, they were on the scene within seven minutes. Luckily the IED didn't go off. This happened, as I said, at 737. That's before school even started, but there were kids and staff inside the building for early morning extracurriculars. And just like all the other high school shootings, there, there are heartbreaking tales of kids texting their parents saying there, I love you, it was in case they didn't survive. Yeah. Uh, I know. And those are those are always the most heartbreaking to hear about. Um, still not sure how the 17 year old gunman obtained the gun or the IED. Um, there's no motive. It sounds like um, he was bullied. So I don't know if any of the. Uh, people he injured, um, if this was targeted or if it was random, but still extremely heartbreaking and still extremely scary, especially if you have kids in school.
2: Yeah. um, Right now, police are looking into his social media posts to see if there's any clues, you know, uh, but
1: four days
2: into the new year and here we go again.
1: Right. Yeah. Not even a week. And I mean, Renee, every time this happens, I think we all watch the news especially since Oxford, we get that familiar pit in our stomach where we we're watching and we just we we just hope we don't see that that dead and injured toll tick up.
2: Oxford, Michigan state. <laughs> right uvalde i I mean
1: there's too many and then of course there's the countless other ones that really don't make the national news that we're kind of desensitized to now at this point right
2: and and that's unfortunate desensitized is the key word and that seems to be um what's happening because i felt like how is this not the lead story um like on, on the nightly news it wasn't yeah um it, it, was, it, it was there not enough casualties? I was trying to understand how it wasn't
1: well, and you know what that's a that's an astute and very sad point because it it does seem like the ante is up now, right it, it, there there has to be a certain casualty threshold now for it to shock us enough to 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 make right. the evening news, right? because every time you hear about this, you know especially as we get later and later on in the year you always hear these statistics oh this is the you know umpteenth mass shooting this right. year and 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 the vast majority you don't hear about because uh like i said we're desensitized to it and and it doesn't quite meet a threshold right and i mean we all know what happens next right we're going to we're going to try to find out if the suspect got his gun legally or illegally and then we're gonna to go to our corners and have the same old arguments oh it's it's about gun restrictions no it's about mental right. health services when we really need both and, and nothing and just, happens right exactly we're gonna scream and yell at each other um, either in person or in the comment sections a few weeks will pass we'll forget about it until next time which right. which won't won't be very long and
3: that's
2: the thing until next time
1: Right. And there will be a next time and it'll be in the very near future. So hopefully those five injured um, can make a full recovery and hopefully uh, it, it, more than the, than the five injured and, and the one deceased, the, the people who are in there uh, there, there's a lot more people who will be permanently affected by this um, PTSD and all that for, for, for being inside um, when the, the shooting happened. All right, so this house redistricting thing is a real mess. I'm just going to read right from Mara McDonald's piece on Click on Detroit. She did a great job um, summing it up. She says, the saga over 13 Metro Detroit state house and Senate seats took a turn Thursday when the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission voted to appeal to the United States Supreme Court. This was after a federal court panel found that the commission bungled, I love the word bungled, Metro Detroit's map by using race. As the deciding factor in how they drew them violating the Constitution, Um, a group of Detroit Democrats sued over these maps and won at the federal level. The federal court found the boundaries of the maps diluted the black vote. The Detroit group is hopeful the judge will appoint a special master to oversee the redrawing of the maps and set an April deadline for completing them. It would take the redraw out of the hands of the commission, and there's no guarantee the U.S. Supreme Court will hear the appeal. And, Renee, I know the 2024 election sounds far away, right? It's in November, but when it comes to redrawing 13 congressional districts, November is not that far away, especially with all the legal wrangling that has to go on. I I mean, do these maps have to be redrawn by them i mean what happens if they're not do do they just use the current maps like it's not like they can postpone the election right i
2: I don't yeah no i don't i don't understand exactly quite how that works but it sounds like a big job and a lot of work that needs to be taken on quickly right
1: And, and and it sounds like the original intention of redrawing these districts was to um get make sure there's more black representation in the state house and now that they're being withdrawn people are saying hey you know this actually uh this actually dilutes the black vote even more so we'll see and uh, you know this is one of these stories that that i've been hearing more and more about and it kind of goes in one ear and out the other but but i figured hey you know there's an election this year so so this seems important let's get this done (laughs) uh meanwhile in the red sea um Another Iranian-backed faction, the Houthis from Yemen, they're not backing down, are they, Renee?
2: Uh, No. An armed unmanned surface vessel launched from Houthi-controlled Yemen got within a couple of miles of U.S. Navy and commercial vessels in the Red Sea before detonating on Thursday, just hours after the White House and a host of partner nations issued a final warning to the Iran-backed militia group to cease the attacks or face potential military action. Vice Admiral Brad Cooper, the head of U.S. Navy, Operations in the Middle East said it was. The- I
1: loved him in Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs>
2: what? it was, uh, wrong Bradley Cooper, uh, said it was the first time the Houthi had used an unmanned surface vessel or USV since their harassment of commercial ships in the Red Sea began after the outbreak of the Israel-Hamas war. Iran has supplied the Houthi with money and advanced weapon systems, including drones, land attack, cruise missiles, and ballistic missiles. Iran has also been deeply involved in planning the Houthi's attacks on commercial vessels in the Red Sea. A statement Wednesday signed by the United States, Australia, Bahrain, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, Germany, Italy, Japan, Netherlands, New Zealand, Singapore and the UK gave the Houthis a final warning saying, let our message now be clear. We call for the immediate end of these illegal attacks and release of unlawfully detained vessels and crews. The Houthis will bear the responsibility of the consequences should they continue to threaten lives, the global economy and free flow of commerce in the region's critical waterways. Pentagon spokesman Major General Pat Ryder would not say whether any military action would follow Thursday's launch of the sea drone.
1: And then also a high-ranking commander of the PMF, the Popular Mobilization Force, another Iran-backed militia group, was killed yesterday during a U.S. airstrike of their headquarters in Baghdad. Um, and I think that the concern about this conflict expanding, that's out the window. I think escalation is now our new worry. Blinken's over in the region right now doing another diplomacy tour. United States says that the commander has been actively involved in the planning and carrying out of attacks on U.S. targets that have been hit by Iranian-backed militia groups over 100 times since October 7th. Wow. And uh, ISIS is claiming responsibility for the bombing outside of uh, Iran Commander General Soleimani's memorial service yesterday killed 84 people, injured another 284. Uh, It's the deadliest attack in Iran since the 1979 revolution. And real quick before break, Uh, It looks like the Gordie Howe Bridge is going to be pushed back a little bit. Yeah,
2: nearly a year. According to the Windsor-Detroit Bridge Authority, construction on the bridge is set to be completed for September 2025, with the first vehicles expected to travel across the bridge in the fall of 2025. Originally, it was set to be completed later this year, but officials say that the project experienced unprecedented disruptions from the pandemic, especially for the bridge because of different restrictions in the U.S. and Canada, so ah. yeah, that I, I get it. You know, those restrictions affected a lot of things, so that, that makes sense.
1: Well, and here's the thing: when it comes to uh, building a bridge over a large body of water, I say go with the more stringent restrictions. Yeah, because, that's that's
2: probably a good idea.
1: <laughs> you know what? I, I I'm one of those people. Who I don't like bridges. When I go over the Mackinac Bridge, I I have to just look ahead. Like I I can't I can't look at the water. You don't look at the grate
2: where you can see to the bottom. (laughs) Right. No. No. I
1: I don't think of like the the small or the high profile vehicles that have been blown off in a windstorm. No. I'm just I am just focused on the mission.
0: <laughs> and that, that's if, how I always was on the Zilwaukee Bridge. Just, oh, just stay, oh,
1: Jason, eyes forward. <laughs> that one's small potatoes. No, no, Jason's right. I hate that one the most.
2: Really? Come on, also you guys, because, live a little.
1: <laughs> I don't know. There's just something so foreboding about it as you're driving up 75. I agree with Jason. I hate the Zilwaukee Bridge the most. Um, oh, my gosh. So, look. If if Canada and the United States need a, another six months to a year to make sure that this international crossing is super super safe, I say take your time. Take your I time. say take another five years. Just oh, make geez. sure that bridge does not fall from <laughs> under me if I find myself taking the wrong exit, like at the Ambassador Bridge, and find myself
2: accidentally going to Canada. Come on, let's get nuts. <laughs>
1: Does that ever happen to you guys? You guys ever get off on of the wrong exit on 75?
2: Oh, yeah. Next oh, thing yeah. you know, you're cruising to Canada. <laughs> you're you like, no, I go- don't want to go to Canada. <laughs> right. Or you have to go through
1: customs to turn back around. Yeah. It's a whole ordeal. At that point, fine. On 94, fine. that's happening. That's,
2: let's just go. Let's go to the casino and get some ketchup chips. <laughs> let's just start a new life with
1: free health care. <laughs> First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. Well, everybody, hold on to your M perks. Because um, I, I, I guess um, there's this, uh, and Renee will have more info on this, but I, I guess uh, there is this big bust of this dude who was scamming MPerks. He was selling people's information and n perks uh, points on the dark web. Yeah.
2: I didn't know this was a whole thing, but apparently your MPerks. I was wondering why my save $2 was gone, yeah. You know what? I,
1: I I was paying full price for orange juice all year, and I, <laughs> I thought I was getting ripped off, and I guess I was.
2: Yeah. A 22-year-old Grand Haven man's charged in connection with acquiring MPERC's account information from the dark web and then selling the data to people who later used the points on Meyer purchases, Nicholas Mui, was charged Wednesday with running a sophisticated, widespread criminal enterprise using a, commu- a computer to commit crime and seven counts of identity theft in relation to the scheme. Officials believe thousands of accounts were compromised in the enterprise, and Meyer has made those customers whole to the tune of more than a million dollars. Mui Good was paid, for them. yeah, Mui was paid in cryptocurrency that has been seized and could be used as restitution to Meyer about $20,000 in cash and $460,000 in digital currency wallets were seized in the investigation led by Attorney General Dana Nessel's retail fraud unit. Nessel's office and Michigan State Police were contacted late spring by Meyer which had received complaints from multiple customers saying their Emberx points had been wiped from their accounts. Uh, officials began investigating the issue online and found account law given information and points contained in those accounts were being offered for sale and encrypted chats in foreign online markets man this is a whole thing uh, officials tracked the seller's activity to the Ottawa County home of Wee, who they allege had obtained the data set of MPERC's login information in the dark web. Nestle said consumers should heed this warning and exercise smart password discipline. If you're notified of a data breach, you should be changing your login credentials, not just with that breach point platform, but also for any other accounts for which you use the same login credentials. She said that um, people's MyFitness Apps like were part of this as well, and so the yeah. Two, which I don't
1: know that. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that connection, but uh,
2: yeah, I'm not sure how that works either. And I, I'll be the first to admit I'm terrible about the whole changing your passwords and have probably the same password for too many different apps. Right. So,
1: because the only the only person that keeps my account safe from is me, because I right. can never remember if, if I have to remember more than one password, I'm going to get locked.
2: Yeah. Out. A hacker could probably tell me what all my passwords are right. for me. Right. In fact, I, I should hire a hacker to help me retrieve my right. password. Exactly. So uh, but yeah, who knew that this whole thing was such a, a hacker's delight with these M perks? I, I had right. no idea. When you think of
1: sophisticated cybercrimes, M-Perks is not the first thing that comes to mind. No, no. And this 22-year-old man should be forced to apologize to every single customer service or M-Perks phone rep who got screamed at by somebody (laughs) thinking that the company was scamming them. Because that would be me. That's the real
2: victims there.
1: It's like, look. Last time I had M perks, it told me I have fifty cents off grapes, and now I'm paying full price for grapes. What kind of scam are you running here, Meyer?
2: And now I'm not buying the grapes. Thank you.
1: Right. So I. So number one, I think this shows what a fantastic company Meyer is by just making these people whole, right. sight unseen. Um, I, I love Meyer. Um, I wish they would bring back the 24 hours of Meyer back because there's a, a whole generation of kids who don't know what it's like to just wander around Meyer at 2 a.m. because they don't have a curfew anymore and they're not old enough to get into the bars. Right. Uh, yeah. But but, but hey, kids, good on you. Meyer. I do
2: that when I can't sleep.
1: Can't sleep. Go to Meyer. You know, there was always something comforting knowing that you can go to Meyer at like 3 a.m., and it's uh, it's you know it, it, and it's essentially noon there because it's open twenty four hours right. a day. It's
2: like a casino. It, you don't know what time it is.
1: And then it, you would walk into Meyer at that you know overnights, and it's just a different world. You know, you got you got the night crew people in there uh, with their pallets out. You can't really walk down <laughs> the the, the aisles. You're really in you're really inconveniencing them. <laughs> and then they've got some like eighties yacht rock, black blasting on the overhead speakers. Little Michael
2: McDonald.
1: Right. Listen, baby, <laughs> because, look, let's be honest. If you go to Meyer during daytime hours, by the time when every time they get to the best part of the song, it's always interrupted by some kind of ad o- over the overhead speakers or, or something. Clean up aisle five. Right. You know, you're just sitting there in Meyer, You're listening to, you know, uh, two tickets to paradise comes on. You're like, you're yes. like, yeah. I need uh, money. And then here comes. Right. Then here comes a, I've got perks. people. Make sure you come <laughs> to the dairy. And I'm like, no, that's the best part of the song. This is not
2: two anyway. tickets to paradise.
1: Yeah. Come on, man. <sighs> How dare you respect disrespect Richard Marks in such a manner?
2: <laughs> Richard Marks. Yes. Anyway. You're hitting all the good ones. I want right. to listen you to your yacht rock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. I I should pitch a weekend show. here. All right. Rant over. You know, bottom line is I love Meyer and they're a fantastic benevolent company. And give this kid the chair. Um, A newly released report from Democrats on the House Oversight Committee says former President Trump's business empire unconstitutionally received seven point eight million dollars from governments like China, Saudi Arabia and our new BFF cutter while he was in office. The report is 156 pages that took over seven years to complete because it was delayed significantly after House Republicans took control of the committee. And as you love to sing, Renee, surprise, surprise, according to the report, China spent the most money, five point five million dollars at Trump Tower and other hotels throughout the country. So we'll see uh, how big of a uh, story this becomes. It's not quite the amount of money that Joe Biden is uh, accused of making off of Burisma, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still a no, no, I suppose. Mm. Um, another few hundred pages of Epstein documents were released last night. No new names. Uh, Bill Clinton is mentioned again in an email between Virginia Guffrey, the human trafficking survivor who was trafficked by Epstein, whose lawsuit, um, sparked the unsealing of all the documents, um, an email between her and a Vanity Fair reporter, Guffrey, told the, or Jewfrey. I'm sorry. I've heard it pronounced many different ways. Yeah, um, She said she was afraid to share her story with Vanity Fair because she'd heard that Bill Clinton walked into the Vanity Fair office and threatened them not to write a sex trafficking article about his good friend Jeffrey Epstein. Not sure when that actually happened because, as we know, Clinton's camp maintains they haven't uh, spoken in years Another witness described uh, as Guffrey, uh, Jufri's ex, said that he saw Jelaine Maxwell escort young girls to Epstein's house for sex acts, and uh, she asked the witness to bring some girls over as well. And then another witness, an unidentified minor, said she was summoned to Epstein's bedroom where, quote, something horrible happened, so... um this is just going to be a slow drip. I mean, it's it, and then eventually we're just going to we're, we're going to stop paying attention. Yeah. Um, so and, and we were talking about this during the break. I missed this the other day uh, when we were talking about the Epstein documents yesterday and the spat between Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel, where Rodgers hinted that Kimmel's name might be in the documents that began to be unsealed Wednesday night. Um. Of course, Jimmy Kimmel didn't take too kindly to that. He threatened legal action. Um, And uh, uh, Pat McAfee actually apologized for the controversy that happened. McAfee said on a show that Aaron Rodgers was just trying to talk bleep. He said, I can can exactly see why Jimmy Kimmel felt that way. Yes, everyone else could too. Sure. Especially in that position. But I think Aaron was just trying to talk bleep. But did it go too far? Jimmy Kimmel certainly said that was the case. McAfee also went on to say that he can't wait to hear what Aaron has to say about it. Hopefully those two will be able to settle this, not court-wise, but able to chit-chat and move along. He probably uh, won't. No, of course not. If somebody goes on... Uh, I, I I guess the Pat McAfee show is a national show. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the most popular sports talk shows, Um, you know, on TV, on radio, on it, it. It's one of the biggest sports talk shows out there right now. You go on one of those big shows and you make a passing comment about somebody being a pedophile. That's not something that you can just talk out like, right. Oh, all right, man. Yeah. You're just talking some bleep. It, it's, it's not, it's not trash talking. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's borderline slander and defamation. That is,
2: Yeah. And it's a bold statement. I mean, where do you go from there? Short right, of an
1: apology. Exactly. Right. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to apologize. He's not. Uh, I mean, number one, I can see, he's so petty that I can see him not going on the Pat McAfee show anymore because Pat McAfee apologized. I can also see him doubling down next time he's on the Pat McAfee show and making this whole thing
2: worse. Oh, my God. But yeah, he's his own worst enemy sometimes. A lot of times,
1: right? And obviously, he doesn't care. No, I mean he's a he's he's a highly tuned, very rich athlete. He's probably been Arrogant. surrounded, by, right? He's been surrounded by yes people, um, probably since they found out that he was good enough at football to make money, uh, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The, also, he spent most of his career in the bubble that is Green Bay, where he was probably a god. They could do anything he wanted around town. And uh, I, I do have to say that this apology, it, it kind of seemed like a CYA, like, OK, uh, well, I'm sorry for what Aaron said. Please don't sue us.
2: Yeah. And, and you said off the air, Mike, I'm surprised ESPN hasn't come out and said anything, which is a little right. surprising.
1: Because ESPN is very hinky about any controversy. Right. Uh which is which is surprising as to why they hired McAfee. They they must have seen him as being such a such such a huge figure and able to make so much money for the company that they're willing to deal with the controversy. Because, he, you know, he's been the same guy that he was back when he was was he with was he with Barstool was he with FanDuel? Who do you remember who he was with before this, Jason? I I want to say Barstool. I want to
2: say Barstool too. Yeah. Okay.
1: Right. But he, yeah, he's the same. He's the same guy now as he was back when, you know, the show was online mostly. Right. And it's not like you're going to hire someone away and say, OK, you're going to change everything you're doing. And I don't think Pat McAfee would do that. So I think ESPN probably knew that they would get a, a, a little bit of controversy from Pat McAfee. And really, that's kind of how he how he built his show. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been coming on that show on Tuesdays for years. and every other week Aaron Rodgers says something that's, that's the topic of conversation. It's really helped build the brand, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I think this might even be a bridge too far unless somehow, like I said, and I don't think it's going to happen unless somehow Jimmy Kimmel's name does pop up in these Epstein documents, which I don't think is going to happen.
2: either. So
1: anyway, um, we'll see what happens. I'm sure. Um, I, I'm I'm actually going to uh, be interested to see if Aaron Rodgers is even on the Pat McAfee show next Tuesday. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers being mad that McAfee apologized, whether it's ESPN saying, "Hey Pat, you know I'm sorry, but but he's a liability." Um, but I'm sure I'm sure the ratings are going to be even bigger this next Tuesday than they've been, because
2: I will well, tune in because I've never watched that show in my life. Other than right. if it's on because my husband's watching it. But now I'm going to tune in. To I'd see say I'd
0: say I'd say wait for the clips because it's a long show.
2: It is a long
0: show. <laughs> or it's keep like it out in the background before. and wait. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I will definitely Google it on Tuesday night. It's First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And we are heading into the Friday edition of JR. Morning with Guy Gordon, Lloyd Jackson, Jamie Edmonds. Welcome in, crew. Friday. Good morning.
0: Thank God it's Friday.
1: Wow, I thought
2: that was Lloyd.
1: <laughs> wow, Lloyd's offended. Ooh. <laughs> well, we got a we got a How regular old. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> we have a regular old Hall and Oates uh, in studio today.
0: Before they started fighting, back. Yeah.
1: Well. <laughs> God, you guys were so jubilant. I I hate to bring this next story up because guy, I know you've been so excited for this, but it looks like you're going to have to wait a little bit longer to do that remote from the top of the Gordie Howe Bridge.
0: I know. Uh, yeah. Um, it's, you know, this it's, it's this this pandemic is still haunting us with the supply chain stuff that happened and Lloyd's going to take a closer yeah. look at that for yeah, us. Yeah, the, the pandemic, it, it it was, yeah. It's, it's right a lot now. going on. And, and and the cost seven hundred fifty million dollars more. Yeah, yeah, a million a millionaire. there. Uh, just what is that going to do to the to the toll? Right. Mm. Well, Canada's well, paying for it, so they're going to they're going to get it. They're going right. to get it back in those tolls.
1: Right. That just was going to so take Trump's a little prom- longer. Yeah. Right. That was one of Trump's campaign promises. Right. We're going to build a bridge and make Canada pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, but I didn't say it. <laughs> but. Uh, uh, yeah, well, and I also think Renee mentioned earlier that there is a little bit of discrepancy between the regulations between the United States yeah. and Canada. And I said, look, go with the more stringent uh, restrictions, because as somebody that does not like bridges, I will wait an extra 10 years for that bridge to be built, as long as I know it's not going to fall out from under me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, uh, do you, but, uh, do yeah, you walk on I mean... ladders? Or, uh, <laughs> you know? No, because if a ladder falls on me, I'll just bump, bump my head. I've got a, uh, I, I, we were talking about it earlier. I'm one of those people who I drive across the Mackinac bridge. I've got my eyes forward and I am not looking around me. I'm just focused on getting across that bridge. Uh, so is we'll, it the height that bothers you? Like there are bridges h- that go to Key West that are really low and yeah, there's water everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. What would that be scary to you? I think it's a mix of the height and the abyss below me. I think okay. it's both. Okay.
0: Yeah. Then if you get so. a good strong wind and
2: yes uh,
1: watch
0: you know, it sway yeah, yeah. It swaying. that that's a little scary get that, that and... stock
1: footage of that bridge that that's like blowing in the wind like a spaghetti noodle yeah and then
0: if you think about your co-workers you're tempted to jump off you know It's
1: <laughs> depends on the day
0: and the yeah. co-worker yeah right
1: <laughs> i think maybe i'd re- it, it it might be more me pushing them off than me jumping. Oh, yeah present company excluded Thank
2: you. Speaking
0: um, of high yes. places, since you brought it up, have you seen yes. the photo of the Rose Bowl with the B-1 bomber?
2: Yes. That was
0: taken from, like, 4,000 feet above uh, the Pasadena location, right? Isn't yes.
2: that
1: was that the one where half half the stadium was Michigan colors, the other half was Alabama colors?
0: You know, I, I don't know that from that vantage you could actually see that level yeah. of definition, but it was just a majestic shot of this B-1 bomber, the stadiums packed and there was a michigan a traverse city guy that shot it oh. and he hung his hiney out the window to get <laughs> over the rail of the chopper to get that shot now that would yeah. be scary now that part right. is scary. Uh, right? yeah i did that once before when i was a photographer and let me tell you I, there's no it doesn't matter how many tethers you've got on you or straps there's a little bit of vertigo involved. That was an amazing effort, yeah. and the picture is fabulous. Yeah. I'm looking well, at him right now. Wow!
1: And here's the thing: you got you pretty much got one shot at it, right? I mean,
0: he got um, off, I think four four clicks, and he he got the the bomber just in the right location, kind of a little bit beyond midfield. It's just, and it's got the picture has a name too. It's um you know the spirit of Michigan or something like that. I mean, it's he's a big Wolverine fan. And we'll, we'll hear from him. He, he talked to local four. He said, yeah, listen, we did. I spent a lot of money and I didn't even know if I was going to get clearance. Right. Uh, So.
1: And, and guy, I don't know if it were, was you. uh, I I overheard the other day uh, talking after the show about how the Rose Bowl uh, itself, the venue is probably one of the most scenic, Settings in all of
0: sports. It really is. There is like a crescent of mountains that goes around the the Rose Bowl, and and you know as the sun sets on them, there are hues and colors that are just incredible.
1: That's why they put the game at the time they do. They want yeah. that sunset. Yes, right. Because once upon a time, it. Cause I remember back when Michigan won the Rose bowl back uh, in the uh, 96 or 97, the Charles Woodson team, um, you know, that that game was in the middle of the day and, and they didn't quite get the sunset back then. So I'm glad they did move it because you really have to take advantage of stuff like that. When you've got the opportunity, it's almost a waste to not put it at that time of day. Mm-hmm. Right. So. And people are going for that game and they're going for the historical setting too. Yeah. Right, exactly, uh, and how? I mean that that that's got to be an old venue too. So probably quite the just yeah, but it's not showing
0: its age. It actually looks pretty it looks well, pretty good. Yeah. And there there is nothing more scenic than a field of maize in blue after the game in the middle of the <laughs> field on
1: the field. J.R. Morning coming up. Good news for the city of Detroit. In 2023, homicides were down to their lowest level since 1966, and carjackings were at an all-time
0: low.
2: Detroit Police Chief James White talks about his department's successful year on J.R. Morning.
0: You know, and we delve into the numbers now. Homicides down 18 percent, non-fatal shootings down 15.8 percent, over 1,250 illegal weapons off the street. These are Really impressive, uh, Chief. Uh, talk about the strategies that led to this success.
3: Well, you know, it's a it's a multi layered approach. I mean, we we we've talked quite a bit about our twelve point strategy, where we focus on, you know, uh, crowd management, large numbers of groups that get together for parties and other uh, events. Um, but then we talk about the quality of life issues, the the proactive patrols, um, hotspot policing, where you you focus on areas where you know uh have an uptick in crime particularly during the summer months our summer surge and then there's the more much more comprehensive strategies of, of using technology uh, to uh, analyze evidence such as NIbin uh, our green light partners uh, utilizing the green lights uh, and and when there is a crime committed to quickly and effectively uh, pursue the perpetrator uh, it's the work that our federal partners do um, the the incredible work with the u.s attorney uh taking on you know very violent offenders and charging them federally uh it, it's it's the courts getting back to work after covid and 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 going back to to what they were and 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 you know before covid with the the impact of covid on the court system was just something that we never thought we would have, have to deal with and uh, the chief judge uh talked about it yesterday how you know, they're now uh, reducing their backlog and the 36th District Court reducing their backlog to, uh, you know, really below pre-COVID numbers. And then uh, certainly, um, you know, we the Wayne County executive and our F.A.S.T. team and, and all of that. And then the the work of the prosecutor, uh, mm-hmm. Madam Prosecutor, has just been amazing, um, you know, training our detectives uh, and, and giving us the opportunity to sit down with, with her personally, as well as her prosecutors to talk about some of the things we could do better with regards to case preparation and things like that. So, you know, I can go on and on, but I know that, you know, you you asked a simple question and it it really is all of that coming together at the right time to do what we, you know, something that I haven't seen in my entire career. I've only been here 28 years. Um, And when you talk about the type of numbers that we're seeing, um, it's just amazing. And, and, And it's, it's about the officers and it's about our community. We could not do what we do without our community.
1: Uh, Chief, you said that there's still a lot more work to be done. I'm sure the per capita, homicide per capita, is higher than you want it to be.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you have to, to look at, I mean, if we if we didn't have the, the types of reductions we have right now, we would be having a very different conversation. And I know that folks like to to, to talk about that per capita number, uh, but I'm talking about lives being saved. I mean, when you're talking about, you know, uh, people not having to bury a loved one, the statistics mean nothing, but when you associate them with, with people, it then starts to illuminate exactly what you're talking about. And you look at, uh, you know, 31% since 2020 reduction uh, in non-fatal shootings. You know, you, you, you're talking about uh, for this year alone 804 non-fatal shootings. Um, you know, that that number, if, if you look at what it was last year, and you look at uh, I don't have it in front of me, but I think it was around 900, 950, 950 something like that. And you you consider the fact that a non-fatal shooting is, is essentially a failed homicide, right? So that's that's less bullets going in the people. That's mm-hmm. that's over 100 less bullets entering bodies. Then you look at the 50-plus the reduction in, in people being murdered in our city, and that's 50 less moms, husbands, sisters, yeah. you know, yeah. burying someone. Uh, uh, you know, sons and daughters. You, now you start to to see exactly what this means. But yeah, I mean, the per capita number is is one thing, and no one, please, no one's doing the victory lap when you still got over two hundred sure. people shot in your city. Two hundred fifty-two people exactly, mm-hmm. uh, are right. precisely shot in our city. It's just too much violence, too many guns, too many Mm -hmm. kids getting them, too many people making poor decisions. Uh, So we're not taking a victory lap, but we're certainly going to look at this as, you know, hey, things are going in the right direction. What can we do better?
0: But to your point, that non-fatal shooting number shows that fewer people are reaching for a gun to settle their differences or over territory in a drug war or something like that. And that that is something that. We can point, and that's what the number that impressed me the most. We've seen other uh, visions from other cities, San Francisco, Chicago, elsewhere, where we see these massive smash and grab retail fraud operations, which which lends to this image of our urban environments being lawless. Give us a sense, take us behind the violent crime numbers and to the property crime numbers and things like that. How are we doing on that front in
3: Detroit? Yeah, that's a great question, and and you know we have had a good success with our relationships with our community. Um, our, our community says we're not gonna ha- we're not gonna tolerate that, and we we know without them we we wouldn't be successful. So when you talk about the smashing grabs and things like that, we do a lot of proactive things. We've got a great relationship with our downtown business partners, where the where the large number of our businesses are. And um, but we also got um, the the Livernois avenue of fashion i 'm sure my age is what I used to call it, but um <laughs> uh, over here on Livernois up of eight mile uh it extends down to like six mile that area over there is is has got a significant amount of development and businesses as well, and we do proactive foot patrol and things like that. but what we're gonna focus on this year is those larceny crimes we've got a lot of people moving into these apartments uh in the downtown area and around town. Um, we've got a lot of new development going on. And we do have folks that are leaving things in the cars and they go to the games, they go to the concerts, they leave a lot in the cars. And we saw a 1% uptick in, in larcenies. Um, And we know we we can associate that uptick with a lot of the, the events like the the Taylor Swift and Beyonce concerts and things like that. We saw a tremendous uptick in larceny from auto and B and E auto. Um, So we're going to be all over that this year um, we, we're, we're doing okay with the burglaries. Uh want to do better. Um, we were pre-COVID on the burglaries. We, we saw a significant downturn in burglaries uh, in 20, uh, 2020. And, well, obviously people are home, so less people's homes are being broken into while they're in there. But we want to get to the point where uh, the 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 the, the uh, crime, such as property crimes, B&Es, uh, and, and uh, auto theft, that's what I was trying to get to, are seeing the same significant downturns. Those are the, going to be the focus areas uh, this uh, surge uh, season. Um, one of the things we're putting in place right now with the new officers uh, that we're getting in uh, is bringing back some not just the you know foot patrol going up and down the street, but proactive foot patrol in areas where we know it's likely to happen and some other things that we're going to do um, using technology.
0: Chief, you're hiring more officers coming in, but also you have officers who have left the department who are now coming back because the mayor was able to get raises and, and make that pay commensurate to what uh, they were making out in the suburbs. So that's, a, that's another great
3: deal. Yeah, and the mayor has been just tremendously supportive of me in this department. Uh, the, on average, we're talking about a $10,000 raise for the police officers who love the city, love this job. But we're leaving for the suburbs because of the economics and uh, being able to get now uh, close to 60 back uh, from the suburban agencies and another 30 or so that are trying to come back. Um, where we're we're looking at some will, some won't uh, for various reasons. But we've got 60 that have returned in our own, own patrol in our city. And I'm very excited about it. The raises have been amazing. Uh, and the officers, you know, shows in their work,